Hello there, my name is Phil Williams and I would like to welcome you to Audio Angling, the podcast site of fishingfilmsandfacts.co.uk. Big fish enthusiasts obviously love big fish. However, on the freshwater scene, the term big can be relative. But when it comes to the Welsh catfish, Silurus glanis, relative goes completely out of the window. These are not so much potentially big fish as potential monsters by any definition of the term. Certainly in some of the warmer waters of southern mainland Europe such as France, Italy and Spain with irregularly achieved sizes that would even impress big fish enthusiasts fishing at sea. On the continent, £100 is a realistic target with £200 and more not unrealistically lurking as a hope in the back of many visitors' minds. Back in the UK, however, it's a very different matter altogether. So to discuss all things catfish, both here and abroad, I've joined Simon Clark of the Catfish Conservation Group at his specialist tackle shop, Tackle Up, at Fleet in Hampshire. And to add a bit of authenticity, you can probably hear the bait fridges whirring away here in the background, but we're not going to allow that to distract us. So let's get down to the job at hand. If you can introduce yourself and your favourite quarry. Oh, hi, I'm uh, Simon Clark, and I, as a, as a young lad, I mean, my father went fishing, and I can remember going with him as a young lad. I was brought up in Enfield, North London, and I remember fishing Hillyfields Brook, and I grew up also on Grovens Park Lake, which was our local sort of town park lake, and got into fishing that way, and I was always seemed to be hooked. As also as a young lad, always very interested in wildlife and unusual fish species. I used to keep uh, unusual cold water fish in aquariums, sort of American and Japanese bass and that sort of thing. And that combination of interest in wildlife and and unusual things sort of led me on to um, finding catfish. And uh, I did this by the fact that I moved with my father to a very small village called Campton, which is uh, near Shefford in um, Bedfordshire and at the same time I started my first sort of proper job at work and I was on my first day driving down to um, this new job and I saw the glint of water through a hedge which was obviously a lake and uh, that weekend I was straight down to uh, investigate what it was and it was called the Airman Pit and I walked round and sort of chatted to um, some of the guys fishing there and they, they talked about all carp and pike and in hushed tones they talk about all oh, this catfish in this lake as well. From the moment I heard that word I knew I'd be interested in fishing for them. At that time it was interesting because there was literally no information about them. The only information I could find was uh, a famous book called The Big Fish Scene which was... Uh, written by uh, Frank Gutfield and there was an article by Peter Frost on uh, catfishing in there. So I started to fish for them, um, started to fish for them then. I started in the first season, tried a few times, didn't have one at all and then I spotted in a specialist angler magazine that winter the formation of a catfish conservation group which seemed to be really well timed and I rang the secretary at the time, uh, Bob Baldock, and uh, he was very helpful and he actually came over to the lake, gave me some advice and the first session of the following season I um, caught my first catfish which was fantastic and uh, as us catfish nuts say um, so often with catfish one catfish and you're hooked because they're a fascinating fish to fish for they fight hard 
and well I think they're a beautiful fish to look at they've got very subtle colors and they're just they're one of nature's winning designs they're like a sort of fish version of a crocodile really they've been around for hundreds of thousands of years um, in the same form and they're a very effective and uh, successful fish species catfish as I understand it are not native to this country Apparently, they were introduced to the UK from the near continent back in the 19th century, primarily to Warburton Abbey Lakes. So perhaps we should start with a little bit of the UK history. The first successful introduction into the UK was at the Warburton Abbey Lakes by the Duke of Bedford in the 1880s. They were brought in very much as a sort of folly of the aristocracy species, along with a lot of the ornamental deer and water bird species, and indeed Xander were introduced at the same time into the same lakes at Woburn Abbey. So in fact they came in, the cabbage came in at the same time as Xander. From there, not really very much happened for, well, nigh on sort of 70 years. One or two spread by informal means, but then in um, 1951 some catfish were given to the, um, uh, the Leighton Buzzard Angling Club and also the Dawley Angling Club at Telford. Uh, they stocked some of their club lakes and they gradually um, spread from there. Gradually at first, and then the real boosts uh, came with the growth of interest in catfishing in the 1980s, which was essentially pretty much all driven by the formation of the Catfish Conservation Group. The catfishing nuts getting together and sort of saying, right, we, it's a great angling quarry, we need to um, do something about promoting the species. Obviously the UK is suitable for the species as evidenced by their ongoing longevity and breeding here. But because the country isn't naturally adapted to having cats, certainly in wild situations, and by that I mean away from carefully managed lakes, might they then pose a threat as they settle into Venetian balance here in the same way that Xander did, and as such, should we even have them here at all? That's a good question. I, uh, I personally fully respect that non-native species of all types, plants, animals, um, fish. You have to look very carefully at the environmental impact of any species. The catfish is not native to this country and in fact the catfish in the UK is the northernmost latitude population anywhere in the world and the regulations are that they can be introduced into enclosed still waters and I think that's a, a reasonable limitation to have. Uh, we've had cats in this country for all of that time and there's been no significant in environmental terms impact and certainly no significant incidences of catfish establishing populations in uncontrolled areas. I mentioned Xander earlier on and in fact Xander are classified the same as catfish. Uh, whereas Xander have shown an ability to explode in population and uh, there are several rivers and canal systems across the country which have very big Xander populations. Cats have failed to establish any significant population in any river despite the fact they've been in some rivers for over 50 years. Elsewhere in Europe we regularly see reports of 200 pounders and hear rumours of fish very much bigger than that but Britain has yet to see its first naturally grown on 100 pounder. So will that ever happen, or are we on the fringe of the runaway growth range? We have technically seen a UK 100 pounder. I say technically, there are several 100 pound fish in the UK today, 
but all of them bar one have been stocked at uh, over a hundred pounds and have managed to maintain that weight there's one fish uh, which I believe well, may have been imported as a small fish and was grown on in uh, Naseby Reservoir in Leicestershire and was bought by um, Furnace Lakes, uh, which is a fit commercial fishery uh, near Horsham in West Sussex. And that fish was caught two years ago at around £100. I'm not sure there are actually scales to accurately weigh it. I believe it was over £100. The largest landed in the UK is £130, but that was a fish that was introduced at that weight. I think there are two key factors for the growth of uh, catfish and the likelihood of fish getting up to sort of 100 pound plus and that is uh, firstly the climate that we have the key thing about cats are is their digestion and their metabolism is very strongly linked to water temperature uh, and I said that our population is very northerly latitude and and the the plain facts are that that uh, the water doesn't get warm enough for long enough in this country for them to really pack on the weight in the same way that they do in the more southern European states. So they have limited ability to grow. But what we've seen that counterbalance with is um, probably the biggest revolution in fishing in the last 15 years has been the development and the growth in commercial coarse fisheries by that typically multi-lake commercial complexes with very high fish stocking, very high angling and very high amounts of bait being thrown in, which results in my interpretation as a supercharged ecosystem. And in those lakes there is so much food available, and particularly with the growth in carp fishing, you know, there's just so much food in there for all fish that uh, the cats are growing more significantly now than they have in the past, as, as with a number of other species. What then would you say is the natural size limit when left of their own devices here in the UK? Well, prior to these, uh, the explosion in carp fishing in the last 15 years and the commercial fisheries, cats very rarely reached 40 pounds in weight. In fact, the British record stood from 1970 right the way up to 1985 at 43.8 from Wheelstone Reservoir. Since then, it has grown. I, I think... A lot of fish seem to top out at about 60 to 70 in a lot of waters and, and one or two creep up from there. Certainly I don't have any waters where fish of over 70 pounds are putting on any significant amounts of weight. I think inevitably a few will creep up and we'll see the odd fish reaching 100 pounds but certainly um, you know, not bigger than that because the 100 pounders that have been stocked have all gone backwards in weight or only just maintain their weight. So I think about £100 is uh, the logical limit. What would you describe as being typical or favourable catfish habitat? I think that um, their catfish are a very adaptable species. I think that they certainly thrive in fisheries with a lot of food. Clay lakes are very healthy and they do like cover. They do like to be able to sit, stick their heads away under weeds or in deep holes or in under overhanging trees so something of that nature would be good for them but um, in terms of growth rate it's um, the amount of food available so they're, they're not too fussy to be honest. Does water quality or in the case of cart waters discoloration have any part to play in any of this? I think water quality would have some impacts as it would on any fish species certainly if there are sort of lower oxygen levels they're not going to do as well um, the impact of water colour is virtually negligible other than the cosmetic one of changing the catfish's colour. They have a, an ability to change the colour of the skin 
quite quickly to adapt to conditions. So certainly in something like a cloudy clay lake, the catfish can get quite pale. But in the past, when I've caught one and uh, retained it for photographing in the morning in a, in a catfish tunnel or tube, which is like a, a keep net but um, with holes both ends, which is black, you can take them out of the tube in the morning and find that the fish have gone very dark due to the change in their environment in, in, in simply a couple of hours. It doesn't have a great deal of effect on the way they feed because the catfish's eyes are believed to not really do much more. They're very small. This is the wells catfish we're talking about, of course. The eyes are not significant in hunting. Uh, they're very small and, and may, it's believed, only can sense maybe light and dark. It's primarily the um, electrical sensing and the, uh, the barbules or whiskers which are used in, uh, in um, food location. And what about the current distribution throughout the UK? Well, as we sit here, then um, there are around 500 lakes slash rivers slash canals which have catfish presence of some number. I've talked about rivers before. They're present in probably six or seven rivers, but the best way that I find to describe the population levels is the fact that there is no river in the UK where you can go set up on the bank and have anything other than a very, very small chance of catching a catfish, even though they've been in the Thames for over 50 years. Um, a few get caught every year. There isn't anywhere in this country where I could name today where people go and catch a catfish by design in a river. What about the further spread of the species, either naturally or by anglers? Does that look destined to go on and on? That is an interesting question and will depend as much on the attitude of DEFRA and the Environment Agency. I believed that, how can I put this, non-native species have classifications under the ILFA which is the Import Alive Fish Act which is the legislation and catfish are a category 2 fish and therefore my reading of the policy is the fact that if somebody meets the requirements to stock catfish um, there is no reason for permission not to be granted however in practice this does not always seem to be the case there does seem to be in some cases, a, um, an anti-catfish feeling. There's a feeling about that from individuals within the authorities which does, has affected it. So I don't see any reason why a modest increase shouldn't continue. The thing you have to bear in mind is that you would only get a licence for an enclosed still water which is not situated in a floodplain. Well, that means not in a river valley and a lot of lakes are dug from gravel which is naturally in valleys and therefore today probably, I would have to guess, but maybe 80% of the lakes in this country, you wouldn't get permission to stop them in any way because they wouldn't meet the regulations. So certainly from an angling perspective, they're a great angling quarry and fisheries that have stopped them have seen good levels of patronage of their fisheries in order for people to fish for catfish and there is a continuing growth of interest in catfish so I think it will gradually increase. That pretty much covers the history and biology, so can we now look at the angling side of things? To be honest, you don't tend to hear that much spoken about them by the average course angler. And even when the subject does come up, it doesn't provoke negativity in the same way that Xander once did. Indifference seems to be nearer to the mark. It seems you either love them or you don't think about them at all. 
Now, as secretary of the Catfish Conservation Group, you obviously love them. What is it then about Fishing for Wells Catfish that is so appealing to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I love catfish, but I'm, I'm, I like all sorts of fish. I think, um, for me, they're a very... Um, they're an enigmatic fish. They're interesting. They're a challenge to catch. One of the things I always say to people who are trying to catch a catfish, and that is, any catfish you catch is an achievement. It's very easy to get overwhelmed by uh, a lot of the fishery publications just showing the very biggest fish, the big trophy fish, and think that, well, maybe my five or ten pounder I've caught, oh well. Uh, but there's no greater challenge in catching a ten pounder than there is a, a seventy pounder because it's just as difficult to catch. So it, it was that uh, interesting part, plus the fact they do, um, they do fight so hard and they're very interesting fish. Obviously, you fish for them on the continent as well as here in the UK. So perhaps you could compare and contrast these two situations from an angling perspective. It's, uh, it's very different, although it has changed somewhat recently, particularly in France. Essentially, what you have in Europe is most of the bigger catfish and the most of the catfishing is done on the big continental rivers. And therefore, the techniques are different. Uh, River fishing is different from sitting around a lake and therefore that has been the primary difference. The fish get much bigger in France, Germany, Spain, Italy, really mainly France, Italy, Spain and the main fishing destinations and the challenges are there. The difference or the, or the, the change has been in the same way that carp fishing has grown in the UK and the growth of commercial fishery, particularly in France, there are now hundreds of lakes across France which uh, offer very good fishing quite often for catfish and carp and a lot of people go over and enjoy fishing in those which, and that is sort of just stepped up UK fishing but river fishing is quite a bit different you generally need different techniques quite often need to be uh, boat fishing and uh, the fish tend to get very big how great a difference on continental big catfish waters is there between boat and bank in terms of potential success? Uh, if you're river fishing, um, you know, bank fishing, you're extremely limited. On a, on a river population of catfish, you will, uh, depending on the nature of the river, I've fished a lot of them, you'll quite often get bends, deeper holes, uh, maybe an old river bed, a river, deeper river bed, and those are going to be the primary hot spots for catfish for a lot of the time, and therefore in most rivers you can't reach that. I've fished a lot in the River Saône in France, and uh, you have a river which is maybe, in the area we were fishing, maybe 200 yards wide, but within that you've probably had a 40-yard wide river bed or river channel within that which meandered back and forth across the river and a lot of it you couldn't reach that from the bank and therefore boat fishing offers a, an ability to fish it more effectively and you can get to the spots holding the cats a lot easier quite often. What have been your most cherished memories of fishing for cats out on the continent? Well I've had some horror stories as well as uh, better ones. That's the next question, the horror <laughs> stories. <laughs> I've had some memorable experiences, um, many and some caught some uh, fantastic fish over the years they're just big fish as soon as any fish gets over six foot and over 100 pound then the, the the whole balance of uh, of power between you and the fish changes dramatically you know i've had fish virtually pull me in that i've i've hooked in rivers you know with a combination of the flow and i've you know i've had some beautiful fish as well
And what kind of sizes are we talking about here? Uh, my personal best is uh, 155. It would be relatively easy for me to go to Spain and catch a bigger fish, but pellet fishing holds no interest to me. And I haven't been fishing as much in recent years in Spain when the fish have got gradually bigger. The fish I'm most proud of was a um, fish of 147 pounds I caught from the River Po, which was many years ago, and at the time it was the second largest cat ever by an English angler, and that was an immense fish caught after many years of fishing abroad and on the last day of a particularly difficult week um, because with fishing big rivers is very difficult because you've got rising and falling water levels and you can't necessarily pick when you want to go so um, that's the fish I'm most proud of. And some of the bad experiences. Oh yes, <laughs> yes I've, I've lost a couple of huge fish. I, I have two fish which um, I still wake up screaming about at night. I lost a uh, very big fish in Russia in, in the fishing on the River Volga that would have been over 100 pounds, which it played me for about five minutes and uh, we were trying to kid it into the bank easily and then it just woke off and just disappeared and just, you know, I was just devastated, um, just completely. I have no idea how big the fish was. I'd caught plenty of other decent-sized cats that was definitely well over 100 and could have been anything. And then I lost particularly notable big fish in the uh, in the River Sone in France where I actually had a reel overrun and my reel had actually jammed up and I was getting pulled into the river by the catfish. And I, was, I tried to run down the bank to get it to run parallel and I couldn't. Eventually it just broke 35-pound um, mono like it was cotton. I don't think that was necessarily a monster fish, it was just all a bit hairy. Any handling horror stories? Um, to be honest, I haven't had any. I mean, I've had a couple of um, scrapes fishing-wise. Probably the most dangerous thing I had was uh, I was out with a friend fishing in Spain in the very early years. In fact, it was the first trip we ever went to uh, Spain when uh, there were no fishing camps and no pellets and we were actually fishing out in the middle of the Ebro um, in a boat and a massive storm blew up from nowhere and we were fishing probably 200 yards out from the bank and in the time it took to row the 200 yards to the bank we'd been blown over a mile down the river and that was extremely dangerous I think I think that's the uh, that's that's the most dangerous I haven't really had any you know issues with um, fish themselves apart from getting bitten once but yeah, not uh, not any fish issues. What, in your opinion, then, is the best European location for numbers of fish, and where would you recommend if you specifically wanted to target only the bigger fish? Well, the interesting thing is is that I'll ask, answer those in reverse order. In the fact that the location with the highest number of big fish in Europe is actually the Po in Italy, and virtually no English anglers go and fish it. It is very different. It's a very um, powerful river. Some rivers you can bank fish, you can't, you know, most of the Po you can't bank fish. It has big shifting sandbanks, you might be able to drop onto a sandbank fish river, but you, you absolutely must have a boat. The depths can get quite big and the river runs very strong. In stark contrast to the Ebro, where most of it is dammed and is almost like fishing a lake or a reservoir and is easy fishing. So, in fact, to go for the big est fish, then the Po, uh, River Po in Italy, offers more 
fish in excess of 200 pounds probably than any other river in the uh, in Western Europe and for numbers of fish Spain is very hard to beat simply because they've been introduced uh, there and they've done so well that there are a huge number of fish there although due to uh, a number of factors the fish population has declined slightly in the last few years. Same question now for the UK. For the UK most of the most prolific fisheries are the commercial fisheries as I talked about earlier and the reason is is that the um, the lakes are very healthy and because of the pure amount of food going in then you get a, a larger population of fish is sustained. I mean there are too many to name as far as the biggest fish go where well, there are a few hundred pounders floating about but really it's a matter of I think the biggest change in catfishing is the fact that most people have a catfish lake majority would have a catfish lake within 30-40 miles of where they live now which is not what you would have uh, had 15 years ago I mean as you go up further north up the country then they do thin out a little bit but um, they're more available and the numbers of bigger fish i.e. 50 pound plus is much more available now so there are one or two lakes with 100 pounders in and also some other lakes which have you know, lots and lots of lakes now there's probably 30 or 40 lakes in the country with cats over 75 pounds now so i want to go out and catch myself a catfish like so many people i could do a bit of research on the internet regarding venues and tactics then take my chances through trial and error or i could find an expert like yourself with a view to having most of the answers handed to me on a plate taking the latter option what basic tackle and tactical advice would you then suggest? It's a very difficult question to answer in less than five hours. The simple reason is, is that, uh, I'll give an example, I went uh, to, took somebody catfishing last year for the first time. We arrived at the swim, I said, right, what we're going to do is we're going to do this, this and this, and we're going to fish here and here. We set up and started fishing, put the rods out, and then he sort of came and asked him, he said, well, why are we doing this, Simon? And I had made an evaluation of how and what to fish, where to fish, in probably a minute, a couple of three minutes, but it took me over 40 minutes to explain all of the factors in that decision, a combination of understanding the type of fishery, what I knew of the fish population, what the bailiff said, what the bailiff didn't say, what I knew from other anglers, what I knew from catfishing for 25 years. So there are some key pointers that I could give people as regards catfishing. First is when catfish feed and what the time of year is. Generally catfish will start feeding when the water temperature hits about nine and a half degrees and that would nor in an average year that would normally be about mid-March although the climate seems to be up the swanee now and they will be feeding regularly from that time right through normally till about the end of October when the first frosts hit. Fish will always come out at other times but in terms of consistently catching you're really talking about March to the end of October and then my judgment and my uh, advice on techniques will then depend on really the simplest way to say is, is cold water fishing versus warmer water fishing so really if you're talking about March and April and a little bit into May and September and October then what happens is with the water is colder the fish are slower their digestion is slower and they definitely show a marked preference for softer more easily digestible baits and you will also find that the fish feed all times of the day a little bit more 
whereas in the summer it tends to be um, night tends to be much better and they will be more aggressive and they will be coming up into the upper layers of the water a lot more and you can catch them subsurface with different types of rigs. So I've arrived at the lake. Where might I be looking to set up stall and why? In short, what visual clues am I looking for? It's basic watercraft as you would with any other. You know, when all said and done, the most important aspect of fishing is watercraft, understanding and thinking about what you're doing. So what I would look for, number one, catfish like to get hide away when they're not feeding and therefore I'm going to be looking for where the fish are going to be lying up and thinking about where they're going to be feeding and what their patrol routes might be. Secondly, I will be looking for areas which are likely to hold food, whether or not that's angler's bait or whether or not that's um, you know, natural um, food in terms of other fish. And there are some other things like trying to fish where the other anglers aren't because catfish don't like tight lines. It inhibits their movements around the fishery. And therefore, I'm looking to sort of maybe pick somewhere quieter. And stood inside a tackle shop such as yours, Tackle Up, which is a specialist provider of carp and catfish equipment, what should I be looking for in terms of an outfit? The answer to that question depends on the size of the catfish you're fishing for and the type of water. If you're in an open lake with no major snags, even if the fish are quite big, you can get away if you want to get away with essentially with slightly heavier version of carp tackle. Uh, but the thing is, as I said before, there are now so many big fish. Once cats get over about 50 pounds in weight, they can beat you up quite easily and therefore if you want to avoid losing them and particularly if there's areas if you're fishing gravel pits or areas with big snags then you need to step up your gear so you can use stepped up carp gear for sort of smaller fish in open waters and that would be something like a carp rod minimum two and three quarter pound test curve um, nothing too tippy something with a reasonable bend in it and, and I would say a minimum of 15 pound line for the bigger fish in the particularly in the um, in the more tricky waters to fish I use four and a half pound rods uh, 25 pound mono or 60 pound braid coupled with uh, Shimano 12,000D reels the rods I use my own design um, Cat Pro Persuaders four and a half pounds sort of 12 foot with a good through action that's the base and then at the other end of the rig and the biggest fault that people have is they fish too small the hooks are too small you should fish hooks that match the size of your bait and when I go catfishing I don't want to catch other fish and one of the simplest ways to avoid nuisance fish is to use big baits because cats have got big mouths they're not worried about it but it might put off some of the sort of more nuisance fish then we come to terminal rigs there are basically two ways of fishing for catfish you either use live baits or you use everything else and for 90% of everything else then I only have two rigs that is a running ledger rig or a free line very simple cats are very effective at ejecting baits so I don't believe there's any requirement or need for any uh, bolt rigs in catfishing live bait fishing and I would include to some extent fishing with worms and leeches in that area is completely different and there are lots of different rigs to use in order to position the bait where you want to position it and by that I usually mean at what depth of the water, what layer of the water you're fishing where so that essentially the simple rule is is the colder the water is the nearer the bottom you want to fish and when it gets warm I catch from 
mid-May to end of September, probably 90% of my cats are caught within a foot of the surface of the water. How then do you rate baits in order of preference and importance? Again, I go back to my reverse approach. What I do is I would start fishing with the baits which I think are best for catfish and then generally start changing baits if I found that I had nuisance fish attacking them. So if I was on a catfish water and never fished it before, I'd have one rod on live baits and one rod on lobworms. The only problem is with lobworms in particular is the fact that uh, you know, a lot of other fish like them and they can get ripped up. Sometimes you can avoid the nuisance fish by casting it after dark. The other bait is good, particularly in cool water conditions, is luncheon meat. It's soft, easily digestible and it's a good all-round bait. No halibut pellets? No. Halibut pellets, uh, catfish don't like boilies and halibut pellets. They are a very poor catfish bait. Some people will be staggered to hear that that's my opinion, but I don't use boilies and pellets. I've never needed to use boilies and pellets, but what people have to consider is that on any average lake, the vast majority of anglers fishing that lake, even on a lake containing catfish, will be fishing for carp in which case they will be throwing in pellets and boilies, they will be using pellets and boilies on the hook. So I just use a simple mathematic equation. On my local lake that I'm fishing at the moment, I should think there are probably 10 carp anglers to every uh, one catfish angler. So that means that if the rigs and methods I use by not using boilies and pellets are five times better than using boilies and pellets, I'll catch five fish for every one of theirs. That still means twice as many fish will be caught on boilies and pellets. So therefore, in objective rod-for-rod fishing, for most of the year you'll find that catfish techniques and methods, traditional ones with uh, traditional cat baits, will outfish boilies and pellets. Everybody's got a story of how they had a load of catfish on boilies and pellets, and sometimes they will catch more, but averaged out I would be happy to set myself against anybody using boilies and pellets and would be confident of catching more fish. What's your take on pre-baiting? Pre-baiting is one of the, in my opinion, one of the most underused and undervalued methods or it can be an important and very useful uh, part of your armoury in trying to catch catfish because what you're doing with pre-baiting, if you can do it on the water, is, is you're able to use your time efficiently by introducing bait into an area to increase the catfish's familiarisation with that bait and also associating food in a certain area for the catfish to visit so that when you go fishing there you've got a better chance of catching. Generally it is the lower the catfish stock in a venue the, uh, the greater the advantage can be. I mean it would be pointless going to your average commercial which is jam full of fish and jam full of bait and going and pre-baiting even if they allowed it but if you're on a relatively low stock club water or syndicate lake and you want to up your chances, pre-baiting is simply one of the most effective things to do. When placing baits, both hook baits and loose feed, where exactly would you be looking to put them? Close in, further out, or maybe even the multi-swim approach, obviously in all cases depending on lake bed contours. The uh, lake contours will always be um, a key factor. I would usually put at least some of the bait in the margins and ideally in a situation where you can see if the bait gets taken. Squid is probably I think the best all round bait to um, pre-bait with because if squid is uneaten it goes off, it, it, it floats up and will float away and won't leave any tainting on the bottom. Uh, 
and also it is a relatively exclusive catfish bait so I would use my usual watercraft and make judgments of where I want to fish usually for my personal fishing I would try and pick some spots where other people aren't fishing and that is quite often very close into the margins. Cats will quite happily come in most lakes right up to the uh, margins and I catch a lot of fish from within a rod length of the bank. Looking a little more closely at the business end of things now, what hook sizes would you recommend and what should they be tied to? Match the hook size to the size of the bait. I have not used smaller than a size 2 for catfish in uh, in the last 20 years most of my fishing is done with twos ones one o's and two o's i haven't used bigger in the uk that's based on eagle wave hooks uh, which is the most popular all-round catfishing hook as regards hook links go then uh, hook links which are resistant to catfish's um, sort of teeth sort of abrasive pad type teeth then if i'm lie baiting then I will use, uh, I now use fluorocarbon, 44 pound, uh, I do a tough link fluoro which is um, a 44 pound fluorocarbon which is a very hard material and uh, I have cat link uh, which is an impregnated braid, uh, very abrasion resistant for fishing non-live baits. You can't really, on most reefs you can't fish braid with live baits because you're fishing braid because you want it nice and limp and uh, it just tends to get tangled some rigs you can use it with. So the baits are in the water and a catfish eventually starts showing interest. Talk us through the steps and the timing of those steps to ensure a positive hookup. The key factors there are the time of year and what bait you're using. If I'm live baiting then I fish very simply. I just um, position my bait and then I put my bait runner on minimum setting. I have no bobbins and generally with live baits you get stronger takes unless it's the water is cold in which case the natural aggression of the fish will quite often make them grab the bait but not often hang on so if the water is relatively cool and I'm live bait fishing then I will try and sit right on the rods and so if I think there's a chance they'll be dropped because the fish just aren't the metabolism is not fast enough to really hang on then uh, I'll sit by the rods generally if I'm live baiting the conditions are warmer and I would expect them to um, you know pretty much occasionally you get you get the odd beep from a worried bait or you get a single beep as the bait gets grabbed and then you got to then the fish will go running off in general if a run starts off very fast and slows down it'll be a smaller fish and bigger fish tend to start off slower and gradually speed up so when you get the take that's uh, normally a good uh, guide I would say that on on live bait takes I would uh, generally you've got time to just make sure you know what you're doing and you've pick the right rod and you know what you're going to do and you're thinking how you're going to play the fish so you can you know walk over the rod pick up and wind into it and pump into it if I'm not fishing live baits then I will free line normally with open bail um, and a very light drop off indicator or sometimes I will fish uh, straight off the bait runner on minimum setting as well in which case generally I want to hit that I don't like to hang about too long to hit the takes because yeah, there's only one chance and that'll drop it. Is catfish feeding affected in any way by the phases of the moon? There are various views. It's not anything that I've done um, a great deal of research on. Some people have tried it, but uh, I'm, I wouldn't really feel qualified to answer. What I do think is uh, coming into catfishing, particularly in recent years, is a lot of 
unnecessary rig evolution my rig versus your rig and what I think is more important is understanding fish behaviour and starting to cooperate more on gathering data in order to answer these sort of questions. And what about a quick word on ancillary tackles such as disgorging mats, holding bags and the like? Again, it, it depends on how much it depends on how much catfishing you're actually going to do. But I believe that every fish deserves to be um, treated in the right way. And therefore, if you're catfishing, I think you should set up properly to catfish, and therefore minimise your chance of losing the fish by being undergunned. And similarly, the same thing with fish care. The one thing I hate seeing, and I see it all the time, probably every week in the summer in the weeklies, is somebody with a cat who's just got a carp unhooking mat and half the fish is just on the ground you know there's no reason not to buy a big um, a bigger mat or borrow a mat off somebody else just temporarily to, so that you can properly hold the fish big landing mats do make it easier to land them because catfish are the only fish in this in the UK freshwater fish in the UK apart from eels that can swim backwards so if you haven't got all the fish in you can try and jiggle them in but they can disappear out of a landing net very quickly which is why I I produce sort of five and six foot arm landing nets for that purpose. Now a question that I'm sure a lot of people will be willing me to ask is for you to name locations of some of the more recommended catfish waters available on day tickets. Um, for that the best thing to do really is to um, join the um, Catfish Conservation Group, the club. With membership you get the, um, you get the annual magazine and in the magazine there are two key pieces of information. One is a venues record list for a high percentage of the venues around the country or certainly the more popular ones with a better stock of fish and the second is, a, is the up-to-date list of catfish venues. I think from there you then make your personal assessment of proximity versus the fish stock in there so you then sort of maybe try and find out a bit more information so um, I think that's the best thing to do because 15 years ago there were only probably less than 100 catwaters. There are now so many that um, you can make your own choice. And the other thing that I find particularly frustrating and people might want to consider, and that is, is the um, a number of fisheries do have ridiculously fussy rules about catfishing. The one that most irritates me is that to the number of fisheries that don't allow live baiting for catfish and I simply don't fish on fisheries that don't allow live baiting because you are cutting out you know, the most effective method of fishing and generally it's because it's something to do with pike, pike fishing or, so, or something of that nature and um, I can understand that fisheries have to have rules but not allowing live baiting on a lake with catfish in to my mind is, is a joke. Where would people find the contact details for the club? Yeah, the, um, the uh, club is easy to find. It's just www.catfishconservationgroup.com and there's no gaps in any of the words and the contact details are on there. I have Catfish Pro, which is my own sort of catfish tackle company, which I also run from the shop. Uh, we're Tackle Up in Fleet. The website is um, www.tackleupfleet.com, so that's pretty straightforward as well, which you can get the contact details. I'm based at the shop. So I've spent 25 years catfishing and 20 years of that I've been uh, running the Catfish Club, Catfish Conservation Group and you know I'm happy to help anybody and share knowledge. That's the one thing I do like about catfishing is that in general it is a cooperative effort to try and catch fish and, and people are generally open and will give advice.
to wind things up, can we now take a look at a couple of more generalised topics? The British Record Fish Committee recently suspended the catfish from record claims. What's that all about? What I said earlier about the fact that some... Um well, I, I didn't agree with what happened at the time, and that was that um, a load of fish well over the British record got imported. So all that happened was we had a British record and lots of much bigger fish arrived in the UK. It could be said the, the British Record Fish Committee ducked the issue because you know I'm damn certain that a lot of the biggest carp in this country have also been imported at quite big weights and certainly have been imported. So I think the answer is is they either duck the issue and leave it as it is, which is effectively having no record. I mean, the, you know, the last record technically stands, but it's pointless printing it because there are so many bigger fish, including fish in the UK, which UK fish which are bigger have grown to that in the UK. Or you say it is a, a record of the largest fish of that species caught in this country, irrespective of what size it was stocked. So certainly stocking big fish in the UK, you know, and then cashing and reclaiming a record is, is just, uh, you know, it makes a mockery of it. I, I do admit that. You know, I don't think it's a big issue. And, and what we've done in the Catfish Conservation Group is we have focused now on venue records as a much more realistic uh, gauge of catfish. Can I also ask you about Jeremy Wade's TV series, River Monsters, in which he follows up? and to some extent sensationalises reported incidents involving people and fish. In particular, the episode where he investigates attacks on people by Wells catfish. I don't know if you saw the programme, but if you did, do you have any comments? Well, I helped them with the programme, so yes, I have seen it. How can I put it? I think that you know, there is an element of entertainment within those programmes. Jeremy, I've known for many years, most of the fish in those uh, programs have been caught using my gear and he is a genuine uh, guy and as I say there's an element of production for the entertainment value in it um, my view on that is quite simple is the fact that I'd rather have those programs aired on television and regular anglers can make their views you know have their own views about the element of the um, embellishment or dramatization of the situations in the series I mean, you can make your own value but I'd rather have that in them and have a genuine investigation than, uh, than either have nothing or have to put up with non-anglers such as Robson Green having to watch that rubbish and any final thoughts the main thing about catfish is that they are quite an angling quarry and Anybody who, who gets a chance to fish for them, I'd recommend it. I've met so many people who have encountered catfish accidentally in carp and catfisheries in the UK and in, in France and have, have become hooked on them. And, and the nice thing about fishing for all fish is that you can, you, know, you can fish for one thing one day and one thing the other. And if you haven't had a go for catfish, then um, give them a go because you'll be um, quite surprised and probably awe-inspired when you hook your first one because it will certainly lead you a merry dance. So if you haven't had a go from yet, then get out and give them a go. That actually says it all. I caught a 15-pounder recently, and of all things, despite what you've said, a halibut pellet. And again, despite what you've said regarding the degree of potential difficulty and achievement for every cat caught, I got it on my very first cast. That said, I do take on board all your comments and regard myself as especially fortunate. And as you say, 
even at that small size, a creditable handful nonetheless. My thanks then to Simon Clark for sharing his wealth of catfish knowledge with us here.